Hello, everyone. It's that time again. It's the Farm and Garden Show. I am your host, Elizabeth Archer, shouting out my daughter, May, who has been so good at sharing her Halloween candy. She brings a little pail of it everywhere she goes and puts smiles on people's faces. I wanted to let listeners know before we dive into the show that the Acorn Festival that was scheduled for this uh, Saturday, November 5th, has been canceled due to rain. I'm not going to say I'm sad about rain, but I am sad that that was canceled because it sounded really cool. We are also still unofficially, uh, the pledge drive is over, but we're still raising funds. We didn't quite hit our goal. So if during the pledge drive you meant to donate and just it slipped your mind, you can still go online. There's a button, kzyx.org, hit the donate button. Uh, you can get a t-shirt for $10 a month or a 120 flat donation. And you can also get the other very cool pledge drive um, gifts. So yeah, help us out. Anyway... Let's get to the uh, get to the show. So again, Farm and Garden Show. I'm your host Elizabeth Archer. I am joined in the studio today uh, by Alex Nielsen, who I'm going to introduce uh, now. We are talking about the Mendo Lake Food Hub, a program of North Coast Opportunities that launched in 2015 with a grant from the California Department of Food and Agriculture. Alex works for the Food Hub. He's done uh, several different jobs with the Food Hub for the past six years. He's currently a project coordinator. Welcome, Alex. Thanks for having me. It's nice to have you in in the flesh. Not yeah. that there's anything wrong with Zoom. Yeah, nice to be here. Good to see see friends in person. Good to be back on the show. I was here a little while ago as a farmer. Uh, now I'm here as a food hubber. So. so yeah, you have kind of all of the background that uh, would come for uh, someone working in local food. Can you tell us a little bit about your own background in farming? Yeah, so I... Uh, I was a student at Mendocino College in the Ag Department uh, and getting my horticulture degree. And through that, through a, uh, a well-known teacher there, Jim Zeroyans, I got hooked up with uh, Cinnamon Bear Farm, at Jack, uh, Jack and Mimi Booth at Cinnamon Bear. And they were looking for a farm partner, and they, they hired me on, and uh, that was a little over 10 years ago now. Oh, wow. And uh, so I spent about 10 seasons with, with Cinnamon Bear Farm. Um, part-time working there and as a student and then slowly I transitioned to, into a more uh, managerial role um, at the farm going to farmers markets picking what crops to grow helping with day-to-day -day activities on the farm so and then you started with the food drive as a part-time driver is that right yeah well initially I was hired like as a in a, an office assistant so i was doing you know paperwork um a little bit of sales kind of coordinating a little bit but um i pretty soon after i got hired i transitioned to be to being a driver to being a delivery driver so i was picking up orders i was delivering orders um just handling the face-to-face -face interaction with customers and farmers um and that i was there there for a majority of my time with the food hub and uh, then I kind of stepped back at the beginning of the pandemic and focused more on farming. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then I took my job, uh, or they were the food hub was hiring again, um, and we ran into some water issues with our farm. Sure, common with the drought, and uh, so I got back with the food hub as a driver and uh, just started to 
move into the project coordinator role. So, yeah, I want to talk about what you do at the Hub and who else works there. But first, for folks who maybe don't know what the Mendo Lake Food Hub is or just what a food hub in general is, Mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about what a food hub is? Yeah, so a food hub is uh, it's basically a an aggregator of local produce. Um, typically, it's local. When you hear when you hear food hub, uh, it usually is talking about local produce uh, in a region. So we work with uh, farmers in Mendocino and Lake County, but we also branch out a little bit um, to our neighboring counties. But uh, a food hub aggregates produce from local farms and then distributes it to businesses, schools, um, institutions, and recently we started branching out into home delivery yeah we're going to talk about that later Mm. so what is different about the mendo lake food hub compared to other hubs and what is the same because there are lots of different models of hubs yeah uh so i guess what what probably differentiates us from other hubs um in the area there's there's hub, there's a hub in uh, Humboldt County. There's like one in Tahoe, Feed Sonoma, Cape Valley. I think the the one of the main things um, is we deliver directly to people's homes, mm-hmm. which is um, can logistically is difficult for a lot of hubs to do. Uh, it's very expensive to to deliver to people's homes, go into neighborhoods, and find people's homes. Fuel obviously is a mm-hmm. huge expense. Yeah, but um, other hubs will like. Ha- they'll aggregate all their produce in a single spot and then people can come and pick up from the f- from the food hub but they don't deliver okay or they'll deliver a bunch of boxes to a location where people can go pick up um so i think that's one of the big big differences so when the hub originally started there was definitely the issue of we have this enormous county geographically mm-hmm. that is somewhat sparsely populated um and early on kind of an ingenious idea was struck upon which is that one of the pain points for farmers was cold storage and it was going to be hard to get sort of like all the produce pick it up and then deliver it and so the food have developed these cold storage nodes um which were kind of revolutionary for hubs at the time Mm -hmm. and other hubs throughout the country have kind of like picked up on that idea and started using it so can you explain what these cold storage nodes are and where they're located and how they're integrated into the the business yeah so like as a farmer like cold storage is like critical infrastructure you need a way to cold to store your vegetables um refrigerators don't really work it's like you stuff everything in a fridge but um, well, too little right? yeah and too small <laughs> like most farms like they need a lot of space something you can walk into drop all your totes off and uh be done with it but yeah so we um being that the county mendo and lake county are so rural and spread apart we need ways for farmers in different regions of the county to get their produce to the food hub um so yeah we developed these uh plans for these nodes which are shipping containers that have been outfitted with um these, this cool bot system which is really cool look up cool bot if you've never it's like heard an of it. air conditioner it's it tricks an air conditioner to work like an air com- or a, a ac compressor um, really cool technology um very cheap and but effective and so these cold storage nodes they're placed at different uh strategic locations in the county and farmers will 
essentially drop all their produce off and then we send our aggregator drivers out Mm -hmm. to pick up and then bring to our headquarters which is in ukiah and where are the nodes uh there's one in upper lake at uh, oak valley farm there's one in casper at uh, fortunate farm and there is one at um there's one in boonville at uh filigreen farm cool so they're kind of they're usually placed like on a farm site because just the nature it's it's a large container and it's it's hard to get a business to agree to like hold this large container in their in their parking lot or whatever so it's usually on a farm site we have you know agreements with the farms and uh it were it kind of works out for both for the hub and the farms to sure i mean if that space. farm is distributing through the food hub they don't have to, to go very far yeah. to deliver what they're yeah. <laughs> what they're selling absolutely so how many farms throughout lake and mendocino counties and it sounds like neighboring counties um are currently selling through the hub or maybe not currently maybe at the peak season mm. now that it's frozen yeah it's probably dropping a little bit yeah definitely uh lots of cold fingers out there um the I'd say we work with probably 40 producers. Wow. Um, some of them, uh, you know, are honey producers. Uh, some of them are like Mindo ferments. You know, they have their uh, sauerkraut and stuff like that. Um, but I'd say it's like it's a solid 40 producers. And um, and then if you add in like our neighboring food hubs that we work with, that broadens it to. I mean, it could be 140. Wow. Um, so when you work with neighboring counties and hubs um, or, you know, just other outside the area producers, is that to fill a gap? Like, you probably wouldn't want to bring tomatoes in August in from right. Sonoma County. Yeah. Uh, but maybe you want to bring, I don't know, avocados or... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we prioritize local. Like, we try to, um, on the shoulder seasons, when there's not a lot locally available, um, we try to bring in stuff that that fills the gaps. But definitely, we're not, like, flooding the market, flooding our own market with tomatoes or, or lettuce. You know, as soon as things become available, like, say, in the spring, you have, like, a lot of farmers that have salad mix. Uh, we're not going to be buying salad mix from Sonoma County. So uh, it's to fill gaps so that you have as long of a season as possible of tomatoes, for instance. Like maybe you would buy early tomatoes from Sonoma County. Yeah. But then once local producers had them, you would stop. Yeah. Okay, that yeah, makes sense. Exactly. Cool. And then, so you mentioned honey. Um, what else can you get through the hub other than fruit and vegetables and sauerkraut? You can get uh, Mendocino Grain Project. I mean, Love. They're, they're, pretty much their whole lineup of of products um you can get uh kombucha from wilder ferments you can get um mushrooms uh from forest people you can get uh spice blends olive oils um so we try to have a a nice broad array of things without having too much storage storage is always a tough uh thing to go back and forth on but uh what about like eggs and meat uh, we do have eggs. We get eggs from a uh, a Casper producer, uh-huh. uh, Rising Ground, and um, meat is something we're working on. We kind of need some infrastructure for that. We need a freezer. Um, it's something we're working on, and then um, delivering meat it kind of raises a a logistical problem where you have to like if if you're dropping a produce box on someone's door and it has frozen meat, 
are they going to get to it but by the time it right, thaws right. So issues it is something we're working on um but we just kind of have to work out some some kinks first and, sure yeah so something that you would like to add but mm-hmm. is currently logistically a little challenging yeah in in the beginning with uh with our our grant that we were first funded by we couldn't we couldn't provide meat at all because it just it didn't allow us to but now we are able to uh with our current grant so uh so yeah, the, it was originally granted through the California Department of Food and Agriculture. Mm-hmm. Um, is there like a different department that regulates meat, or was it just like a specific vegetable? Grant? It was a it was a specialty crop block grant, so it it only covered specialty crops. Right, right, right. So which there's a couple of things that aren't specialty crops. Like I don't know that meat is technically a crop at all, so yeah, no. probably excludes. Yeah, and I think like <laughs> like sugar beets are not a specialty crop. There's like some some weird things. That, I don't think anyone's growing sugar beets in right. Yeah, not a on the not North a local Coast. thing here. So well, speaking of logistics, it's a tremendous logistical puzzle, right? You have producers mm-hmm. who are listing things for sale, and then you have buyers who want to buy those things, and then you have to pack those things. So yep. can you just kind of explain like a week in the life of the Food Hub? Yeah, so we have two order cycles. Um, our first one opens on uh, Friday at, uh, at 9 a.m. or 7 a.m., sorry. And you can order, um, that's home delivery. We uh, we prioritize home delivery over the weekend, but wholesale buyers can order too. Um, but we we open uh, farmers log on and they list their produce, and then buyers can log on to the website mendelakefoodhub.org um, and see what's available. It's just like any other shopping interface. Uh, there's a list of pro- produce and other products, and uh, you fill a cart and you purchase it. So that's that's step one. Um, we we aggregate all the paperwork for these orders, all the invoices, um, and then Monday we receive all the produce to our headquarters, and then because uh, you've sent the orders that you've gotten on Friday to the farmers, yeah. So, and farmers, so then they know what they how much was ordered and how much to harvest. Yeah. So there's an automatic list that goes out to farmers, so they know like everything is itemized down to. The quantity of cases, what the product is, and who ordered it. So there, the the whole interface kind of handles a lot of things. The the software, um, which is awesome, it just takes a lot of work away from us. You can print labels from it, it prints invoices. Um, so then we aggregate all the produce. Which uh, Mondays we send drivers out to our locations. Um, they they pick up everything, bring it back to the headquarters, and then Tuesday. A lot of the deliveries go out. So if you're in Ukiah or uh, the North Coast area, Fort Bragg to like Mendocino, uh, and then Lake County, you get your delivery on Tuesday. And then um, if you're in Anderson Valley to the South Coast, so like Wallala, it's probably the furthest south that we go, um, you get your order on Wednesday. And then we have another cycle that opens up on Thursday, and it... uh, or sorry, Wednesday to Thursday, the order cycle is open 7 a.m. to 7 a.m. And then those orders are typically wholesale customers, and those orders go out on Friday. So who are some of your original wholesale customers? Like, who, who's been with you since the beginning? Yeah, well, definitely the, the Ukiah Co-op. 
uh, has been a huge supporter. Um, Libby at the she's the produce manager there. She's been basically since the inception of the food hub. Uh, she's been a customer, um, a supporter. Definitely can bounce ideas off of her. A um, couple of restaurants. I mean, the a lot of the restaurants in town um, have ordered in Ukiah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, Surf Market out in Guelala, right? They were surf, one of the OGs. Yeah, Surf Market is definitely with us from uh, from the beginning. Um, but it's about I'd say it's like twelve. 15 grocery store customers and then um and those are spread out you know from lake county to to south coast uh, mendocino and then we have um like 20 20 or so restaurants throughout the county that they order from us and then how many direct to actually i'm not gonna ask that question yet because i want to talk a whole segment about direct delivery Mm -hmm. um so you say that everything's automated. So that means like if Ukiah Natural Foods orders, I don't know, four cases of cucumbers from mm-hmm. a farm, then the farm gets that like pick ticket and they pack four cases. And then is there a label that goes right on it that says this goes to Ukiah Natural Foods Co-op? Yeah. So we, we require like clear labeling because it's just it makes it easy for our drivers. So like every every box is labeled with contents, where it's going, and then uh, the farm name. Um, so and we so do, then a driver just has to like go and pick up all the boxes for Ukiah Natural Foods, yep. deliver them, yeah. and then do you get those boxes back, like to reuse them? Ideally I know that's always would. a tricky thing. And yeah, typically, produce. like um, we get a lot of boxes back from like home delivery customers because mm-hmm. we deliver boxes and they they want us to reuse them. We we definitely encourage reusing boxes. Um, it was tough like during the pandemic, like to we couldn't really take them on. Um, but now we're like, we're always hoping that people return their boxes. Uh, it's tougher with like a grocery store because they have so many boxes coming through. Sure. That just, they have to throw them away, unfortunately. Yeah, that makes but, sense. I mean, you're only there once or maybe twice a week. So. Yeah. Um, let's take a quick moment to reintroduce us. This is the Farm and Garden Show. I am your host, Elizabeth Archer. I'm interviewing Alex Nielsen, a project coordinator at the Mendo Lake Food Hub. Okay, so let's talk about direct-to-home delivery, because I imagine most people aren't ordering an entire case of cucumbers. So is it a little bit more like a like a CSA model? Is there a pre-packed box? How does, how does it work if I'm just like... Elizabeth wants to order at home for home delivery. Yeah, so our kind of our main home delivery option um, is our bounty box, our local bounty box. So it's a it's a curated box. We we kind of build it from scratch every week, and it features you know anywhere from like five to six farms. We try to spread it out as much as possible and get you know a good variety. Um, but there's eight to ten items in the box. Um, we try to do like a couple staples. So like potatoes are usually pretty, uh, like this time of year, heavily featured potatoes. Um, apples are really good this year. There's a lot of apples. The apples have been really good this yeah, year. Yeah, apples have been great. Um, filigree, I heard from uh, filigree that the apples are bigger this year. A lot less sorting needs to be done, um, which is good. With the amount of rain we had the, during the winter. But... Um, yeah, so the Bounty Box, uh, you can subscribe to it, and you get, because um, we only have so many each week, uh, so if you subscribe, you get, like, ones held for you, mm-hmm. and um, you'll get one 
uh, each week. But you can also add stuff. You don't have to like subscribe to the Bounty Box. You can just buy it one time so if you like it. We also have a bag, which is kind of like a half box for, say, if you're like one to two people in a household. The box can be like three to four. Um, but, yeah, it, it's that that's a really cool option. But we also – the store is open. We kind of curate it so – you can't if you want to you can order a case of tomatoes okay um, like if i wanted to have a, a canning session yeah yeah and we're always like oh the phones are always open like you can call us and say hey i'm looking for a box of tomatoes or some specialty item what's your number uh you can reach <laughs> us at uh 707-467-3238 you heard it here folks alex of the food hub says you can always call Within if you're looking hours. for something specific. Yeah, within office hours. 707-467-3238. People love to call in yeah. this county, so. Mm-hmm. Hope we get some calls today. But uh <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll open up the phone lines in a little bit. We um so our store is open, so we can you can log on as a customer, you can buy um something kind of new with the food hub, and this was since we started doing home delivery because it didn't start off that way. Uh we're only wholesale. Um and you so you couldn't get deliveries to your home, um, but with the pandemic, it was necessary that we kind of jumped into home delivery. Yeah, talk to uh, me about that. What was the big shift that prompted home delivery? I know during COVID, I'm sure a lot of like the restaurant orders, for instance, dried up. Yeah. But then maybe the grocery orders would have like ticked up to to fill that need. But mm-hmm. also, people were not leaving their homes. So talk to me a little bit about the evolution of home delivery. Yeah, it was a big. It was a big shift. Um, it was kind of necessary to keep the food hub afloat because with restaurants closing, I mean, even people were not shopping as much because you know you couldn't go out. You didn't feel safe going to the grocery store, so a lot of people just weren't shopping. So it's kind of just a natural evolution. And now it's like thirty percent of our business is home delivery. Wow, um, and. Yeah, it just it just it it needed to come about. The times kind of required it. So, is delivery? Is there a fee for delivery? I can't imagine you can do all of that for free. Yeah, so we did. We, for a while, we were doing it without a fee, but we had to. Um, with the gas prices being spiked so high, we just it was unnecessary. Hey, we, man, they're down to like five oh nine. Yeah, yeah. We. I mean. <laughs> You know, unfortunately, that's kind of just the standard. Of, we we require a fee just because we have to cover overhead costs. So, well, it's a convenience having things delivered to your doorstep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So some some spots there are um, there are minimum orders, uh, but for most home deliveries, uh, there is a fee. You can also pick up at our headquarters for free. Hmm. Um, we have a, a blind pickup location where you can go after hours, and you know, there's a door code, and you can. Uh, place your order and then pick it up without with no contact so that's nice that's that. a nice feature yeah so you're describing what sounds like a fairly large operation with a lot of moving parts how many yeah. people work at the food hub um it's for as, as much as we do and everything required it's it's few it's uh two full-time uh coordinators um one like main driver we have we have two drivers uh one of them's kind of head of operations uh with the with the fleet and everything um so it's let's see five about five six people 
and um, but not all full time. No, not all full time. So you're full time. I'm full time. Uh, my co-project coordinator Oscar is full time. Who was supposed to join us today? We're sorry you couldn't join us if you're listening, Oscar. Yeah, he couldn't couldn't make it. But uh, yeah, him. Usually, if you call in, it's Oscar or I that'll answer the phone. And do either of you speak Spanish? Oscar does speak Spanish. Okay. Um, very fluently and and fast. <laughs> do you have Spanish language customers like that? Either primary or exclusively speak Spanish, and we we do some, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we were also we we're doing the relief box program, which which ended um, with the COVID nineteen relief funds. That was a COVID nineteen mm-hmm. relief uh, project, and we were able to like it was a really cool program. We were able to support a lot of people who needed food. And also support farms that could provide us with like really good local stuff. Yeah. And then we deliver to people's homes. Um, so that that program's over, but uh, it was really awesome to to do that. Well, let's open up the phone lines. If you have a burning question about food hubs or the Mendo Lake Food Hub in particular, or Alex's own history with farming that we're going to talk about a little bit, give us a call. 707-895-2448. We would love to hear from you. Um, while we're waiting for callers, 707-895-2448, I want to talk about your own background as a farmer and it's interesting that you went from farming to supporting other local farms all kind of in the name of local a local food shed a a healthy strong resilient local food shed um i think is one of the most important like pieces of the pie that the food hub fills and i want to talk to you about that but we have a call and if you listen to this show you know i take a call even in the middle of a sentence hi caller you're live on the air hey so, um, gosh, how much delivery fee, minimum order, and do you take SNAP to get, like, a bag for a one person in Albion, California? Good question. I will say right now that we're not supposed to say the prices of things online, but Alex can talk about SNAP, and then you can go online to MendoLakeFoodHub.com. No, I can't go online. I'm way off grid. So Got I'm it. hoping before the show's over, you will also slowly repeat that phone number while I, I'm in I front will, of a pen and paper. Are you in front of a pen and paper? No, I'm on the phone. Okay. Different. I, I will repeat it in just a moment, and then we'll have Alex talk about SNAP. Great. Thank, thank you. you. All right. Do you take SNAP? And for people who don't know what SNAP is, that is the... Oh, I don't actually know what SNAP stands for, but it's it's uh, food aid. It's formerly yeah. called food stamps. Um, so we... Right, the the short answer is we're working on it. Um, we, we don't accept um, SNAP or EBT for uh, purchases on through the Mendel Lake Food Hub, but um, it's in the works, and we'll definitely, like, release and let everyone know when we can. Um, we're definitely working on it. So. Cool. And then is there a minimum order to deliver to Albion? Can't, don't say prices. Um, it's a, it's a radio, public radio rule. Right. Um, no, there's no there's no minimum order. You can get a box, and you, you will pay the fee, but um, you can order a box and get a delivery to your home. Uh, so the number to call the food hub and talk to Alex or Oscar, not Alex if you call right now, obviously, because I'm talking to him, um, is 
3238. Speaking of, you know, the importance of a local resilient food shed, I think SNAP plays a big role in that. And so I hope that that's something the Food Hub is able to uh, to figure out soon. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. just talk to me about, like, what what's important to you about a strong local food shed? Yeah, so as a farmer, like, my our main outlet was going to farmers markets um going door to door to restaurants um talking with chefs asking what they wanted for the week and all of that takes a lot of time a ton of time so time away from the farm time away from the farm there's there are certain times in the the peak season where we were doing you know four markets a week and there was no time to harvest hardly that's we were harvesting every day for a farmer's market um or going out and delivering orders ourselves so having the food hub uh is a great way to kind of recapture some of that time that you spend away from the farm marketing your produce and uh getting your produce to a wider audience so we like i said we deal with you know 20 or more restaurants um if you as a farmer if you were trying to get to all of those restaurants and deliver produce to them you'd first you go crazy it's and a then, full-time job yeah and then you would you would all your overhead and and time and fuel and money would just go out the window so the food hub kind of fills that gap um we are tech i mean we're like a middleman so we do you know there's a bit of cost to cover our to cover our uh, overhead but um in the grand scheme of things you get your your produce out to a wider audience and you can spend more time on the farm um well and payments are also handled through the hub right so it's yeah. one thing to deliver to 20 restaurants as a farmer it's another thing to collect payment and do all of the accounting right yeah um so it's my understanding correct me if i'm wrong but buyers pay the hub and then the hub pays the producers right right so you're not like scrambling after your customers trying to get them to to pay the bill and checking your own books to see what's come through and what hasn't which even in our you know very small business that i do super part-time it's uh our honey business it's a hassle yeah yeah it's another one of the benefits there's a value for sure yeah yeah, and the, like the the user interface, I mean that alone is like a huge benefit to farms because it it tracks your sales. It's the, there's also an app that we're going to slowly start to offer to farms. Uh, it's an app through the software program that we use called Local Food Marketplace um, that'll help kind of streamline everything and allow you to access it from your from your phone out in the field, uh, which is another difficult logistical things like figuring out how to how to look at all your orders you know and keep track of all that so what are the requirements to be a producer for the food hub like if i have what was a backyard flock of chickens which i don't is it a flock of chickens pack what's a group of chickens um it's not a herd I think a flock is good. If I have yeah. chickens and all of a sudden I have like accidentally because I just couldn't help myself because they're so cute. Yeah. I have 50 laying chickens and don't know what to do with all the eggs. Could I sell them through the food hub? Uh, we we do require a little bit of background. So like you have to have a CPC. Like What's that? Typically like if you're going to a farmer's market, you need a certified producer certificate through the county, um, through the ag department. And that'll just kind of 
certify you through the county that you're a producer um we need a those are pretty easy to get yeah and they're not that expensive right you pay a small fee and you just kind of list what you have what you're selling and where you have to list the address and the crop at that address yeah so it kind of it it allows for for the producer to have some accountability and then uh, we need an approved source which is also a very easy document to obtain through the county um and then we we have like a an agreement a producer agreement through the food hub um which just states that you're you're ethically like you're using uh natural practices we don't require organic certification but we do we do know a lot of our our farms personally and know that they do use organic practices um but it's not required well, it's hard on a small farm, too, to get organic certified. Mm-hmm. We have another call. Hi, caller. You're live on the air. Hi, friends. This is Lama. Lama. Hi. Howdy. Hi. Guess what I just did. What'd you do? I just got back from delivering to the food hub in Boonville. Oh, how appropriate. So, how did that go? Totally it went very smoothly. So, yeah, I wanted to call and plug the food hub for making our life as farmers much easier. Um, this is Lama from the Forest People, for those who don't know me by name. <laughs> and yeah, we sell microgreens and mushrooms and um, the food hub rocks. So what's it like as a farmer? Like, what what's the, the whole system like? What was your drop-off like just now? Yeah, super smooth. So the produce I dropped off, some of it's going to the coast and some of it's going to Lake County. Um, both places that would take me well over an hour or longer to drive to, um, but it just, it was a 10 minute drive each way from our house, our farm. So you can imagine what time savings that is. That's awesome. Um, the food hub has opened up a uh, customer base that we would have otherwise not had, you know, from being too far out, just not willing to, or not, not, not willing, but, um, it not being cost effective to deliver on our own to places far away. Sure. And it gave you time to call yeah. into the to the Farm and Garden Show. Exactly. Thank you for the call, Lama. Yeah. Thanks, Lama. Thanks, guys. Hi. Hi, caller. You're live on the air. Hey, thank you for the show. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, cool. Um, I just had a question. I appreciate um, the guest and his experience um, running the food hub. I'm sure it makes the food rub, the food hub rub uh, better uh, having the farmer's perspective. Absolutely. Kind of so integrated. Um, and so, you know, as a small farmer or someone who is looking to get into farming, I would imagine you would get a slightly higher price for your veggies selling them at a farmer's market direct. Um, so my first question is, what do you think with your um, experience and perspective, if you were a farmer and wanted to diversify what you're selling um, so that you could bring in money but also slow things down like you were saying so you had the time to harvest, what percent? Um, if you were to just look at an average local small farm like Fortunate Farm or Oz Farm or something like that, what percent would you sell um, at farmer's market? And how many hours a week would you spend at farmer's market? And what percent would you sell to the food hub? And that's assuming you get a slightly lower price selling to the food hub. So can you clarify that? Cool. Great questions. Thank you for the call. Yeah, so you you definitely get more at direct selling at a farmer's market. But um, I was spending anywhere from, I mean, each each farmer's market is like roughly three hours. Um, the Ukiah market, we were 
fortunate enough to be pretty close to Ukiah, so it wasn't a far drive. But going out to Fort Bragg, I mean, that's like a 12-hour day um, if you account all the time harvesting, um, the drive time, setting up. Uh, we would get to the, the farmer's market like at least an hour and a half before it started and then be there an hour plus after it ended and then have to drive home, have to unload, have to unpack everything. So it's really when you think about the time and if you value your time, uh, you know, reasonably, if you value, you put a price on your time, um, you're, you, you got to do good at a farmer's market to, to account for all that cost. So well, and it's a cost, it's an opportunity cost because those 12 hours are not spent doing other things right and there's yeah. always something to do with the farm so typically like a lot of farms will like hire someone to go to the farmer's market just so they can do stuff on the farm uh it takes so much energy uh to go and market your produce and deal with each customer face to face like i i loved it for sure and if i were to run a farm again i i probably would do the farmer's market just not so many because mm-hmm. it burns out and if you burn out mid-season you're it's, in trouble. Yeah, it's not good for you. It's not good for the the people that want your produce. Um, but so, do you think there's room for both to do farmers market and the food hub? Do you think most farmers that sell through the food hub are also doing a farmers market? Yeah, I'd say pretty much all of them do do farmers markets as well. Um, if I had to put a percentage on it, I'm not sure what what percentage, but it's it's like say you're getting three bucks per bunch of turnips at the market um you know that might be around half of that to a little more so it's not like wholesale price yeah so you're not whereas you you get three bucks at market you might get a dollar fifty to two dollars per bunch but the benefit is you're selling a usually a larger quantity um so you can kind of batch your harvests you can sell by the case um so you move more products uh and it's just to it costs less to to deliver it so um so it's a both and situation yeah it's it's definitely a both and um depending on where you are too region plays a huge part of it we have another call hi caller you're live on the air yeah i'm sorry i just called in and um if i could get the answer on the phone because i have to I probably missed some of it because I'd have to run back and turn on my radio. But just a follow-up to that, um, if you were to just look at it a different way and say, what are you paying yourself per hour if you're focused on farmer's market? And what are you paying yourself per hour if you're focused on um, going through the food hub? And obviously that's a very complicated question. It depends on what you're growing, when you're growing it, how much you're growing it. But just curious, like, the difference. You mentioned maybe half as much for your produce, but curious what you think on time investment. Yeah, we did answer your question, unfortunately. Sorry about that. Um, Alex, the short answer is uh, he would do farmer's markets and the food hub, just fewer farmer's markets. Um, That is a good question. What would you value your time as, as a farmer? I mean, minimum wage is low. (laughs) Not enough. Let me just kind of restate it, because I think this is important for everyone to hear who's listening, too, because we really need to appreciate how hard our farmers work especially our local organic ones. They're up against a mountain um, to survive. And I'd say most of the farmers I know burn out, and the ones that make it are freaking heroes. So I want to throw that out there. And if you burn out, you're not a failure. It's just tough. But, um, you know, paying yourself per hour, 
being a farmer's market farmer versus just selling strictly to the hub? Is there an easy answer to that? Um, I don't know, like, uh, numbers-wise, I mean, I tried to, I mean, ideally, like, you know, if you're, like, anywhere from 25 to 50 an hour, if you're, I mean, a farmer does so many things, um, and when you're, when you're going to farmer's markets, you're trying to hit all of them, you become, like, there's so many more hats you're wearing, so I think, I think it, it's just, they're two it's such two different ways of marketing produce um it's hard to put a number like a number per hour on each one but um yeah well i think you know it's especially if we need more local farmers i think it'd be good to somehow quantify that to to show our local farmers you know the advantages um i'm sure they could probably do that talking to you uh if they were to call you about it but um you know just i really appreciate everything the food hub's doing and uh, just want to throw a special shout out to all the farmers out there and all the people who support our farmers. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. Um, so Ana Victoria Salcido has actually joined us um, and has asked to interject. So Ana Victoria, this is a great time to test your audio. Hi, is my audio okay? Yes, hello. <laughs> Hi, so unfortunately I got the tail end of that, but Matt, I appreciate you bringing that up and I'm gonna speak out of without fully knowing the context, Alex. I hope that's okay. Um, I do think that that's a really good point, what you're saying, Matt. Uh, Matt may be gone already, but what he was saying regarding um, quantifying that number of, you know, what will a farmer get paid, I guess, hourly is what he was saying, selling to a food hub versus a farmer's market. What I would just say is one of the things that we have found, and I think, Alex, you even found this as a farmer turned uh, coordinator here at the food hub was there's a lot of things that farmers maybe don't quantify already in their hourly wage when they are doing market sales including their gas to drive to the farmer's market their time sitting there hourly their time to pack their time to recover all the food that didn't get sold for example and then find a place for that or cook it we love markets we think markets are amazing in fact there are plenty of food hubs that actually work really really closely with farmers markets and that seems like an opportunity area here in mendocino and lake county um but i think the first step the answer matt because of our rural region is going to be it depends because somebody in point arena going to fort bragg is going to be different from a farmer in fort bragg going to the fort bragg market so I think there's two sides to it. One is the farmers beginning to quantify their labor and their gas and their vehicle repairs and what it costs to keep their cool storage up, all those things on their end. And then on our end, I do think that's a great challenge um, and opportunity area for the Food Hub to help quantify that number. So thanks for uh, food for thought there. I think it's also important to talk about something that is never included in conversations like this about the outputs required versus what you get back from doing a market, which is the social energy you have to expend uh, when you're talking to the public for three hours at a farmer's market. I did farmer's markets for years. I'm a super extrovert. I love talking to people and I am fried at the end of one of those days. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is not something that's easily quantifiable, but I can definitely get more done on a Saturday if I'm not yeah, and <laughs> spending it's, all that energy at the market. It's definitely it's fun. I definitely wouldn't trade it. I love doing farmers market, and I I don't look at the farmers markets, the association. I was on the board of the the farmers market association. We don't look at the farmers market as competition, but like Anna Victoria said, like more of like 
we'd like a partnership uh, in some way. But um, yeah, when you answer, you know what what your growing practices are. Do you spray when you answer that question? You know, for the hundredth umpteenth time at the farmers market, it's like oh, when you're a beekeeper. Yeah. Yeah, I can and I love you all of you farmer's market shoppers. <laughs> I am a farmer's market shopper, and we love your curiosity, but it does take a toll when you're talking about colony collapse for yeah. the 80th time. Yeah. Uh, well, we do have Anna Victoria on the line, and so we're going to wrap up our food hub conversation so we can switch to our next topic toward the end of the show. But I just want to take a few minutes uh, while we still have Alex um, to let folks know if they're interested in either signing up as a producer or a buyer at the food hub how how do you recommend they do that oh well they can call um give us that number again nice and slow seven zero seven four six seven three two three eight you can call us um you know typically pretty standard office hours um if we don't answer your phone we'll get to you in the next business day but call us um you know, and we'll we'll help you get set up. Uh, we'll send you all the the required paperwork. And as a buyer, you can sign on anytime. You go to the Food Hub website, um, into lakefoodhub.org, and uh, register as a customer. And uh, a couple, a little bit of information. You have to, to place an order. You have to put in a credit card. Um, Reasonable. Pretty, sta- pretty standard, but um, yeah. I mean, you could you could sign up today, and you could place an order starting tomorrow if you wanted to cool well and i do i just want to say real quick that the website is under construction we're doing this whole overhaul because the food hub used to just be wholesale like i'm sure alex has mentioned multiple times and we're trying to make it a more user-friendly website in general so when you go to mendelakefoodhub.org it'll say under construction but there's a link that says you know like a buyer login and you can click that and you can register there so that hopefully will get wrapped up in the next couple of weeks. It's been a, it's always a longer process than you think it will be with the websites. Yeah, website development is a whole thing, isn't it? Well, thank you so much, Alex. Why don't you stick around because you might have something to say about this next topic, but I really appreciate you coming in today and talking all things Food Hub with me. Um, I think the Mendelake Food Hub is such a critical piece of our local food infrastructure and just really grateful that it's uh, it's got people like you behind it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. We we are joined via the miracles of modern technology, a.k.a. Zoom, by Ana Victoria Salcido. So, Ana Victoria, I don't want to do too much of an introduction of you because I think you're in a little bit of a transition, so I'll let you speak to yourself. But you are coming on to talk about the new edible food recovery grant through Cal Recycle, which I don't know very much about, but what I do know, I'm very excited about. So, can you just introduce yourself and then jump right in? Yeah, the official announcement was made, so I'm allowed to speak a little more about it. But I've been working with the Food Hub now for about two and a half years. It's been an amazing time. I've done everything from the, you know, intro assistant work to driving to late nights figuring out that vehicle that broke down. And over the last year, I'm sure, did Alex mention that a few times? No, no, we've left the truck that shan't be named (laughs) out of our mouths. Yeah. Um, Over the last year and a half, I've been managing the Mendelake Food Hub, and it's just been so thrilling to see how much it's grown and all the potential. And I want to reiterate one more time, many food hubs have really strong partnerships with local community members and um, their farmers markets association. So that's an opportunity area that we would love to have a deeper connection with. 
Um, and then near what's happening now is um, I am actually transitioning out of this role. I'm going to be sort of the interim manager until we can hire a replacement. But I'll be staying within our parent organization, which is North Coast Opportunities. And I will be managing a new family resource center that's going to open up here in Ukiah. Very so cool. Really exciting and very uh, 180 kind of career change. But we obviously will be advocating for the Food Hub, Farmers, CalFresh, um, benefits, all sorts of good things related to food. So I wanted to, and I really appreciate you letting me interrupt um, last minute, but wanted to talk about a really exciting grant that the Food Hub has right now, and it goes through 2024. And it is a grant that was uh, written with the help of Shai, who was a driver and then just a partner here at the Food Hub um, for, through a program of CalRecycle, the Department of Resource I'm sorry, the Department of Resources, Recycling, and Recovery, which we call CalRecycle for short. The grant is an edible food recovery grant, and it's a statewide program that puts those cap-and-trade dollars, billions of them, to work in reducing greenhouse gas emissions, um, but also strengthen the economy, improving public health, and the environment. So what we are doing particularly with this funding is an edible food recovery grant program. So we, our goal is to rescue perfectly edible food that would be otherwise tossed um, at going, or go to the landfills and then redistribute it to organizations that serve the community. So the idea is to create this sort of circular food system in an opportunity area that affects our climate here locally and globally, um, but also to take this amazing food that is very, very much edible um, and recirculate it here locally. So when you talk about rescuing edible food, is that from grocery stores and restaurants? Is that from farms? All of right. Above? So it's been a funny and tricky situation because the the funding is very specific that it's about rescuing food that would otherwise go to landfills. Um, there's very rare instances when a farmer would take edible food to Never. a landfill. Just let exactly. it rot in the field. It'll be good <laughs> for next year. But I'm like, but is that actually good compost? We talk about soil structure. No. Um, <laughs> But so the the main thing we want to prioritize is our things like or our place institutions like grocery stores. We really want to partner with schools because we know that there's a lot of edible food that goes to waste in schools, not at the fault of the food service directors. Um, it just happens for a lot of different reasons. Um, one of our key partners in this is Shots Bakery. So we'll be taking, you know, day olds that don't get sold. Um, we're hoping to partner with grocery stores locally in Mendocino and Lake County. The funny thing is, I mean, it's not funny, it's amazing and exciting, is that so many of our grocery stores for decades have already be, been working with some of the great organizations that we have here, like the food banks and plowshares, the community food bank. And so I want to just be really firmly clear that we are not trying to interject and take any of these donations that already have a system, but we would like to be to call out to our um businesses, schools, or institu institutions have edible food that needs rescuing. If you're managing or volunteering at a food bank and there are things that you just can't get out to people, we would love to be the backup. Um, but we really need more partners. We have plenty of people that we can distribute the food to, but we need more partners that have the food available to us. 
Um, so businesses, schools, institutions, um, and we have a lead project coordinator who couldn't be on the call today. Her name is Reem Ernst, and she's the person that's um, organizing this whole thing and in, in partnership with people like Alex at the Hub that are doing like the, the routes and things like that. So we are starting the food, the bread rescue next week with shots at both locations. And we would love to do, you know, dairy, milk, vegetables, you name canned goods, anything that maybe you don't have space for um, at, at your business. The one thing that we are trying to navigate is um, hot meals and food safety and making sure that everything we do is food safe. Um, so if there is a restaurant or caterer that has um, a really solid food safety plan that would be able to work with us in partnership, we would be really happy to make sure that it's, you know, the food that we rescue maintains um it stays fresh and is actually food safe and not putting anyone in danger. So that would require a little more um, partnership, but we would love to do that as well. So right now you are looking for local partners and is this specific to Mendocino County? Is this Lake and Mendocino County? The items will be distributed in Mendocino County, but we are willing to go as far as Sonoma Lake. Yeah, we've got vehicles and we've got a really big van that we really want to start loading up. Um, with food to be rescued. So um, if you are interested, you can call the Food Hub at area code 707-467-3238, or you can email the lead project coordinator. Her name, once again, is Reem, R-Y-M, and her email is the letter R-E-R-N-S-T at ncoinc.org. But again, you could just call the Food Hub, 707-467-3238, and they can guide you um, to be contacted with Reem. So if you are a grocery store out there listening or a restaurant with a really solid food safety plan, the Edible Food Recovery Grant has the time and the resources to take that food off of your hands and get it out to people who would love to eat it. Is that is about, that about the long and short of it? That's great. You should record our commercial. <laughs> Can I just give a shout out to Shots and what an incredible community partner they are in everything? It is no surprise at all to me that they were immediately on board with this program. And I just love them. Yeah, we'll be rescuing food starting next or bread and um, hopefully seeing yummy pastries starting next week. I mean, they have availability potentially every day. So we'll be getting there their um, day olds that didn't sell and it's perfectly good and will fill some bellies well i think it's an awesome program and how long is it how much funding how many years the grant it goes till 2024 so Uh we got time um we had a big delay in the very beginning because uh we had a coordinator lined up and that fell through and then we had a really hard time hiring a driver and then we had you know the the good old supply chain shortage issue with the vehicle so we are just getting off the ground now um and we're really really ready to hit the ground running And then at the end of that grant, it sounds like you have a vehicle. Does that get absorbed by the food hub or can you sell it or do you keep using it for? We want to keep it. We love the van. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's a Ford Transit and it's, you know, the tallest and longest model that they make. So you could even fit pallets in there, which is pretty amazing, which is why we're, you know, it's technically edible food. But if you have like water bottles that you need us to rescue, like we have space and we also have a warehouse. So we would be really happy. But again, we have such a robust and amazing system here with the uh, food banks and a lot of different community food projects um so again we, w- we would like to be part of that cycle and we're not trying to interject sure. that cycle that's been existing for decades here it's a pretty incredible 
Well, it sounds like a really cool program. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about it. Yeah, thanks for giving us the opportunity to share about it. Reach out, anyone, please. Well, it's been a lovely show today with some Food Hub folks. Again, if you're interested in learning more about the Food Hub or signing up as a partner with the Edible Food Recovery Grant, you can call 707-467-3238. This has been the Farm and Garden Show. I will be back in two weeks with another NCO program, actually, the Good Farm Fund, talking about the winter feast which is really the event of the year and um in just a few minutes we will have democracy now thanks everybody this has been a production of mendocino county public broadcasting kzyx philo 90.7 fm kzyz willits and ukiah 91.5 fm and fort bragg at 88.1 fm you can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening. Eat me a lot of peaches.